This KPCT podcast sponsored by Karen Pryor Academy for Animal Training and Behavior. Get the details on our professional dog trainers program. We develop, certify, and support excellent teachers and trainers. Visit www.karenpryoracademy.com or call 800-472-5425. That's 800-472-5425. Our goal, the happy and confident dog. We strive toward one major goal in all our agility training, a happy and confident dog. We picture a dog that's focused, works intensely, embarks on any given task with great enthusiasm and enjoys both the exercises and the rewards. The objective of having a happy and confident dog makes sense for all kinds of dogs and handlers and all levels of training. Whether you just do a little agility in your backyard or strive to make it onto a world-class team. And since agility is about dogs and people alike, your happiness and confidence is of equal importance. You'll both get the most out of your agility training when you know what you do and enjoy doing it. In addition to happiness and confidence, we also picture a dog and handler team that can get around any course with flow, speed and precision. Our training program seeks to create a dog that knows exactly what to do whenever he gets to a piece of equipment and that smoothly follows your handling between the obstacles. We like to say that you and your dog have different responsibilities on the agility course. Your job is to tell your dog where to go, and your dog's job is to perform the obstacles correctly without any help from you. We strive to teach the dog all the behaviors he needs to master to be able to independently get to, perform, and leave each obstacle in the best possible fashion. Our teaching stresses independent obstacle performance for several reasons. If your dog can perform the obstacles on his own, that leaves you free to focus on directing his path. Basically, it all boils down to happiness and confidence. Your dog will be happier and more confident when he really knows what to do and gets rewarded for it. And you'll be happier and more confident when you can count on your dog to get it right without you having to babysit him. We strive to teach the dog all the behaviors he needs to master to be able to independently get to, perform, and leave each obstacle in the best possible fashion. Our teaching stresses independent obstacle performance for several reasons. If your dog can perform the obstacles on his own, that leaves you free to focus on directing his path. Basically, it all boils down to happiness and confidence. Your dog will be happier and more confident when he really knows what to do and gets rewarded for it. And you will be happier and more confident when you can count on your dog to get it right without you having to babysit him. Having a dog that can negotiate obstacles at full speed gives you a competitive edge. And the very process of learning those skills works your dog's brain and enriches his life. We also strive for each dog and handler team to learn a system of handling. A limited repertoire of handling signals that are used consistently and that fit together without contradictions. Your handling system is your steering wheel, enabling you to direct your dog between the obstacles at full speed. To build good habits for yourself and your dog, you need to be consistent in your body language throughout your agility training. The system you use to handle your dog should therefore carry through when moving your dog to and from exercises, directing him to a good point to start each exercise, providing him with a sense of direction throughout the exercises and throughout your reward procedures. Behaviour and learning. Dogs possess many qualities that make them well suited for agility, but dogs aren't born with any knowledge of the sport of agility. 
We know that agility requires the dog to be fully focused on following the handler's directions while executing the various obstacles with precision at high speed and ignoring whatever might be going on around him smells, sounds, other dogs and so on. The dog, however, doesn't know this. This means that 1. Dogs that sniff, pee or interact with other dogs on the agility course aren't doing anything bad or wrong, they're just being dogs. 2. Agility is something we have to teach our dogs. We know what the game is about and our dogs don't. Therefore the responsibility is all ours. It's up to us to create situations where our dogs learn to do the things we want them to do. Behaviour is what matters. As dog trainers we need to focus on behaviour, in other words what the dog does, and let go of what we believe the dog thinks or knows. We can never say for sure what a dog knows or understands. Frankly, it's not important. Trying to figure out what's going on in your dog's mind won't help your training. Instead, focus on what a dog actually does. It's the behavior that matters. Notice the difference between making your dog do something and teaching him to do it. For example, say you need your dog to be on a table. One option is to just put him there, lift him up, lure him with a cookie, whatever, as long as he's comfortable with it. But if you want to teach him to jump up on the table when you ask him to, then you're looking for a learning process to take place. And the definition of learning is that it's a lasting change in the behavior due to previous experience. So you need to train your dog. You need to consider what your goal is, how to break down the training into small pieces, which method to use to get the behavior, what your criteria should be, if we're going to use a marker, what to use for a reward, where to place the reward, and how to fade any helping aids, and so on. What to do when mistakes happen. Mistakes are a natural and unavoidable part of training and of learning. You'll make some and your dog will make some. These mistakes are valuable information, so don't cringe when they happen. Welcome them, try to figure out why they're happening, and alter your training program accordingly. Whenever your dog does something other than what you were hoping for, for instance knocking a bar, running by the A-frame or losing his focus, the best you can do is to ignore the mistake, keep working and make sure to reward when your dog gets it right. Ignore the behaviors you do not want, keep working if a mistake happens, increase the rate of reinforcement for the behaviors you do want. Most people find it hard not to react when a mistake happens, but it's pointless to tell your dog that he did something wrong. The mistake has already happened, you can't erase it, and the best solution usually is to ignore it, so it has no consequence. So just try to keep working. Don't stop short and try to fix the mistake. Don't fall apart like a bad souffle. Don't resort to aversives. Simply withhold the reward, move on and find something else to reinforce. If you have to start over, do so as smoothly as possible. Remember, training is about building behavior by reinforcing it. The better you are at focusing on rewarding the behaviors you want, instead of agonizing over how to get rid of behaviors you don't want, the more successful you'll be in your training. In general, your agility training should be quite smooth and error-free. If there are a lot of unwanted behaviors and thus your rate of reinforcement drops, you need to change something. Maybe the exercise is too complex. Maybe you have set your criteria too high. Maybe your timing is off, maybe your rewards aren't valuable enough, and maybe there are too many distractions. If you can keep your rates of reinforcement high, 
Your dog will be right, 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 and he'll not have time for undesired behaviours. Good management. Many potentially undesirable behaviours, such as greeting other dogs, are very reinforcing in themselves. Unwanted behaviours being reinforced is something you want to avoid, and steering clear of this trap is one of the most challenging parts of training. The key to solving this dilemma is good management. Be proactive and control the environment. Set up for success by planning your training sessions so that undesired behaviours don't happen. Keep the leash on, move farther away from distractions, train in shorter sessions with better rewards. Do whatever you need to increase the likelihood of success. Keep in mind that it's no big deal if a mistake happens. Carry on training if possible, otherwise take a break and start over later. Remember that to have nice things happen near agility is always better than to have bad things happen near agility, even if some undesired behaviours accidentally get reinforced in the process. You'll learn to plan differently the next time. You are learning all the time too. If you're well prepared and handle your dog and your training with care and thoughtfulness, both ordinary unwanted behaviours and emergencies are less likely to happen. Be proactive, not reactive. Always tailor your sequences to your level of training. So whenever you attempt a sequence with your dog, just make sure that your current level of training matches the challenge. This rule is true whether it's you or someone else that constructed the sequence. For you and your dog to stand a reasonable chance of being successful, each sequence you run should include only obstacles and handling maneuvers that you and your dog are happy and confident about. For example, if you haven't sufficiently taught the tire yet, then wait to include it in your sequences. In the same way, if your rear crosses aren't yet up to par, then hold off on trying more advanced sequences that require rear crosses. Longer or more complex sequences are merely a continuation of your earlier work, so just keep working on the details and then put them together piece by piece. For each sequence you attempt, you also need to know what your goal is. Why do you want to run your dog through it? Which lesson is it that you want him to learn? Are you aiming to reinforce anything in particular? Your dog will always learn something from each and every sequence, so make sure that what he learns will aid your future agility training. Occasionally, you might be tempted to try your luck on a sequence that might be a bit over your head. As long as you remain fair to your dog, and as long as it happens only once in a while, sure, go ahead. Just throw yourself out there, give it your best and see how it goes. Perhaps you and your dog are capable of more than you thought. If not, at least you'll learn more about where your strength is and where your weaknesses lie. And that knowledge can help you design your future training program. Notice, however, the difference between testing and training. Testing is trying something out, checking if you can do it, if you both have the skills to get it right. It's like a pop quiz, thrown in to see where you both are. But the lion's share of your practice should be training. That is, step-by-step -step building of your and your dog's skills. In a positive reinforcement regime, training your dog reads as reinforcing responses. For example, training rear crosses at the tire should mean reinforcing rear crosses at the tire. The point of training is always to increase your dog's desire to do whatever it is you want him to do. In other words, to strengthen the responses that you wish to see more of. That is what your sequence it should accomplish. That means you should custom fit your sequences 
so that they match your goals and your and your dog's current competence level. This KPCT podcast sponsored by Karen Pryor Academy for Animal Training and Behavior. Get the details on our professional dog trainers program. We develop, certify, and support excellent teachers and trainers. Visit www.karenpryoracademy.com or call 800-472-5425. That's 800-472-5425.